We are uh, back here on iHeartRadio. We're doing a special edition of our uh, broadcast today for the folks over there at iHeartRadio. We have a fantastic guest with us today. Uh, before we get into our guest, we have uh, Dan Perkins with us today, best-selling author. Also, I believe we're being joined by our good friend IQ Rizzoli. And uh, today we have a special guest with us. Pamela Geller joins us. And uh, Pamela is absolutely amazing. When we had her on the uh, daily radio program fairly recently, with IQ. I just keep getting rave reviews, and the folks at iHeartRadio got a hold of me, and they were like, we need you to do another show with her because we want a show. (laughs) So we're doing that today, and uh, Pamela, first of all, welcome back to the broadcast. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much for having me again. Very well, thank you. Concerned and upset about what's going on down in Tribeca uh, with this vehicular jihad and the subsequent shooting. But other than that, I'm fine. Thank you. Now, uh, Dan, you you were not with us the last time that we had Pamela on the daily radio program. Uh, I know that you probably got some questions for him, and I have you start, and then uh, we'll let IQ jump in, and we'll just have a, a grand old time here. Well, um, I've, I've been t- trying to follow the situation down by the world, the old World Trade Center, um, the the Memorial Park. Um, the last report I saw before we went on the air was that there were a number of people shot. Uh, possibly some were killed. The shooter was in captivity. Uh, there was some discussion about a truck or a van that was involved. I don't have any more data than that. Do you have any more? I can tell you. Are you talking to Pamela Geller? I, I don't yes. want to be rude. No, yo, yes. jump in I'll there. I'll talk to you. <laughs> okay. Um, a couple of things that are very disturbing, and we're seeing this pattern Whenever it comes to these kinds of attacks, uh, you know, according to uh, Rick Leventhal of Fox News, JTTF, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, told him the shooter yelled, Alu Akbar. Six are, are feared dead as a truck driver mowed down cyclists on a, on, on a bike path in Manhattan. Uh, he got out of his vehicle and then began gunning them down. The first remarks by the authorities were that this is not terror. And That's I right. I find this deeply disturbing. Is it because the jihad-aligned mayor, Mayor de Blasio, is running for mayor shortly? Because, you know, de Blasio did the exact same thing when a Muslim bombed Chelsea last year. He ran down to the bomb site and declared it was not terror-related. And this is part of the reason why I wrote my book, Fatwa Hunted in America, because the American people are being disarmed and deceived in the information battle space. And what is the gravest threat to their freedom? And we are seeing it now. Look, even in Vegas, there has been this blackout on what is the most monstrous. There's not even a word for for the attack on those patriots in Vegas enjoying a country music festival, festival. There is now an official blackout on any information in regards to the Vegas shooting. What is this? The Soviet Union? What is this, Tehran or Riyadh? There's, how, could, how could the American people accept such a thing when we know that ISIS took credit for that attack and they do not take credit for attacks that are not theirs? We know that he made multiple trips to uh, the Middle East. We, uh, no reporter ever asked, what was his itinerary? Who did he meet? Who was he meeting with? Um, uh, the fact that over 200 of his foreign financial transactions going back to 2014 were flagged for possible covert terrorism financing. This is really scary stuff. I don't worry about the fanaticism of the enemy. I mean, I expect a fanaticism by the enemy. 
I worry about the confusion, the dissembling, the deception, and deceit on our side. So, Pamela, let me ask you a question. I've asked this question several times in the interviews that I do. When we had the shooting in Las Vegas, within 12 hours of the shooting, the FBI came out and said it was not a terrorist act. And what I don't understand, Pamela, is how the FBI in 12 hours could determine this was not a terrorist attack and the FBI for 12 months can't figure out whether or not Mr. Trump was in collusion with the, the Russians. Well, did they not do the same thing with Vegas? The FBI has been deeply compromised, deeply infiltrated. One only has to look at Orlando. When a jihadi, Omar Mateen, opened fire on nightclub revelers at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. He called, while mowing down human beings at a nightclub, he called 911 and pledged his allegiance to the Islamic State. Ten months later, the FBI said they did not know his motive. The, right. FBI, the FBI was in on the plotting and the planning of the attack, the jihad attack on my event in Garland, Texas. We know now in an indictment of an ISIS recruiter of North Carolina, the texts were entered into evidence of the FBI agent and the jihadis in Garland. They were at my event. They were texting the jihadis, Ibrahim Simpson and Nadia Sufi, how many people were there. How much law enforcement was there? Was the FBI there? 60 Minutes did a segment on the fact that they were in a car behind the jihadis, got out of the car, took cell phone footage of the jihadis, and when the jihadists began firing upon us, the FBI got in the car and drove away, and they were actually pulled over by local law enforcement because they thought that the, the FBI was part of the attack. So what's deeply troubling is the FBI did not have anyone there to protect us or defend us. It was my security team, my SWAT team, took out those two jihadis and so you have to ask yourself what did the FBI want to happen who at the FBI gave a stand down order that Americans at, um, attending a free speech event in Garland Texas could and should be fired upon without any uh, you know law enforcement response had it not been for my private security I don't know how many would have died and I'll tell you something but people that say to me that I shouldn't have done it I say to them shame on you a, for not standing in defense of freedom of speech. B, for not knowing the story that this group of jihadis had been practicing and target shooting and plotting for a year. They cased the Super Bowl, they cased different malls, movie theaters, and then decided on my event. Had it been some other event, some other soft event, without a SWAT team in place like I had, how many Americans would have died? How many lives did my event save? I ask you that. Well, I want to I want to come back to um, uh, what you were saying just a, a moment ago, and that is, um, I as much as it pains me to say this, Pam, um, I think I have reached the point that I've lost faith in the FBI. Well, let me tell you something. Last week, in a wholly different plot a Muslim plot to behead me, the ringleader of the beheading plot, Dawood Wright, was convicted on all charges in the beheading plot, and he faces life in prison. 
But that's not the story. The story is that during the trial, we found out the FBI was in on that plot too, had been communicating with these jihadists who had pl plotted to behead me, and they never warned me, and they never told me. What happened was one of the jihadists got bloodlusty and went after a Boston cop and was killed, and that's how the plot came to be known. So it's not just conspiracy theory. There's conspiracy theory and there's conspiracy fact. I just cited to you Orlando. I cited to you Boston beheading. I cited to you Vegas. And now this knee jerk, it wasn't terrorism in Tribeca. When they say that, we're living in an age of such deceit and absurdity. When they say it's not terrorism, that's how you know it's terrorism. Yeah, it's, it is. It's. Um, I, I guess my uh, my other analysis, Pam, would be that that while Mr. Trump ran on a platform to drain the swamp, I don't think he thought at the time the swamp included the FBI. I don't think he understands that the swamp is in the White House. H.R. McMaster last week talking about 9/11 never mentions the uh, the motive, never mentioned jihad or Islam. Has has H. R. McMaster read the last letters of the 9-11 terrorists? I mean, they, I know because I did. And I can tell you that Allah is cited over 90, 90 times. The Hadith, is uh, ver verses from the Hadith are, are riddled in these letters. This idea that scrubbing, censoring is somehow going to save us is so obscene. Look. Muhammad Atta, the ringleader of the 9-11 terrorists, on that plane, as it made its way to the World Trade Center to literally bomb it with I don't know how many gallons, hundreds of gallons of jet fuel, Muhammad Atta said to the passengers on that plane, stay quiet and you'll be all right. Stay quiet and you'll be okay. And that's what they're telling us today. They are telling us to stay quiet and we'll be okay. And I am telling you, and it's why I wrote my book, Fatwa, Hunted in America, stay quiet and you won't be okay. Stay quiet and you will not be all right. And that's what's happening. They think by appeasing this beast, by accommodating these violent demands, that they will be all right. But we have seen that acquiescence and accommodation to these demands give way to more demands. IQ, what's your thought? It's frightening, of course. I mean, look, I find the answer is simple, to tell you the truth. Eight years of Obama. Please try to remember, for eight years, nobody in the intelligence services of the United States of America, whether it was police or the military or anybody else, was allowed to associate Islam with terror. Nobody. And the care and others from the Muslim Brotherhood although they say they are not part of the Muslim Brotherhood, they are, they made sure that any pamphlet in the United States of America, in any of the intelligence services that compares jihad with Islam to be expunged. Well, after eight years of corruption, don't, it's not easy to find decent Americans. You know, what I find so strange, how is it possible that Almost the entirety of the apparatus of the FBI is compromised. I mean, nobody is coming out to say, hey, we have traitors amongst us. Back to you. I'm, uh, I'm concerned about uh, 
how we solve this problem. I, I, I the the enemy with, within is going to fight to keep control. Pam, how do you think we we turn the FBI and uh, and perhaps the NSA and and other intelligence organizations that are most likely infiltrated by Muslim terrorists? How do we turn that around? Well. This, this is the war in the information battle space. This is what why I wrote the book. This The, the P, American people are being disarmed. They must first learn everything. I think a great place to start is with my book or with my website. And then they have to get active. There are no casual observers in this war. There's a right side and a wrong side. There's a good side and an evil side. And sitting on the fence is evil. And thinking that you can make deals you know, or compromise, any compromise between food and poison, uh, death wins, any compromise between good and evil, um, evil prophets. And so we must first build an army of Davids against this Goliath. Second of all, we have to hold our elected officials uh, to account. And that includes President Trump. He ran on this platform of purging these Muslim brother operatives, of purging these left-wing traitors. He hasn't done it. And what's been disturbing is his best people, like Flynn, like Bannon, have left. You know, this, you know, and one only has to look at this Manafort indictment, which is just absurd on its face, to show the left is still in control. And if I were Trump, the first thing I would do is I would let, I would name a special prosecutor for the uranium sales. We've got to go on the offense. I would purge Every Obama hire, I don't care if the government would be skeletal. You are better off with a skeletal government than a government teeming with traitors and and, and Islamic supremacists. Well, I wonder if if in some of those positions, then what is being called the deep state is almost impossible for the president to fire because there may be unionized people there. Start somewhere. You don't have to make perfect the enemy of the good. It reminds me of people that when I go and speak, they they come to me and they're like overwhelmed. They're like, the problem is so big. You know, I, I, there's nothing I can do. There's no way to address it. And I say, that's absurd. You have a sphere of influence. It's like a doctor saying, oh, my God, there's so many sick people. I can't cure everybody. So I won't cure anybody. <laughs> no. You, if the sum is always greater than the parts, you do what you can, and there's a lot to be done. And the problem is, most people don't even know there's a problem. It's like the American people are uh, Helen Keller, and someone moved the furniture. You've got to get involved. You've got to educate those around us. That's why what you're doing here with IQ and, and Dan and the show, this is all of this is very important. People write to me and go, listen, I did a small thing, or I can only make a small contribu- contribution. There's no such thing as small. Every bit helps. All of it is important. One of the things that I, I've been thinking about is what, what can be done. And I've, we've talked about it on Jim's show. Uh, and I think it, it, the, the, um, the actions of both Democrats and Republicans in trying to advance President Trump's agenda to, to the American people uh, has convinced me that the that I think, Pam, the only way we're going to solve this problem is through a constitutional convention under Article 5. Here's my problem. My problem is we have a great constitution. 
It's a per, almost a perfect document. It's the most magnificent political document ever written in human history. But we have to protect it and we have to defend it. You know, it's a worthless document if all it is is a piece of paper that everybody ignores. Yeah, but the Article 5 is part of the Founding Fathers' wisdom to give to the, the people the ability to change if they think that the government is not doing what it it's supposed to do and it's gotten too powerful. So I think an Article 5 convention, uh, convention of the states, is a way to literally take everybody out of office and start over again. Uh, I, I'm con I guess I'm becoming more and more convinced that the, the, the bureaucracy and the left-wing nature of the government, including the bureaucracy uh, and the leaders of that government, uh, whoever's in power, uh, I don't see how it's going to change. And, but but if with an Article 5 convention where we can recall congressmen and senators and judges, including Supreme Court judges, and we can change the term limits uh, or put in term limits, uh, that you've got a constitutional convention of the people. Um, I, I just don't see how that ship of state is going to turn regardless of who or how conservative or how aggressive the leader in the White House is going to be. I think we have to dump all these people and start over again. And even if you wanted to achieve that, which I think is a, a noble goal, uh, very, very difficult to pull off, almost impossible, first you have to start with educating the people anyway. How are you going to build a movement? You can't build a movement with an uninformed populace. It's just never going to happen. But see, I, I think that, that, that we have a, an issue here. We have an issue where right now it is, it's very much in front of us. What is, what's going on is that the, the, the liberal left, the educated elite, believe that they are superior to the rest of us. When it was not a mistake on Hillary's part, in, when in Cincinnati she said the basket of deplorables. If you are not an elite, they, they believe you are deplorable and you are not fit to govern nor to make a decision and in some cases not fit to vote. Agreed. Only the elite should be voting. And so what I'm concerned is, is that the intellectual elites have got so much control. I mean, look at, look at the control that they have in the high schools, the elementary schools and colleges and universities. The, 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 the things that are going on in our institutions of higher learning today uh, are not what is supposed to be happening. And so you're, you're building generation after generation that's indoctrinated that you are the best, you are the elite, and anybody else who puts on a blue shirt to go to work or a t-shirt to go to work isn't worth listening to. And so my concern is that there has to be a way for the masses. And the masses decided the outcome of this election. It wasn't the intellectual elites. It was the intellectual elites who were disappointed, angry, and frustrated that their candidate, who was supposed to be a shoe-in, lost the election. And why they spent the last year trying to get him out of office. And they're continuing to do it. It's because they believe 
They know better than we do what is the right thing to do. We can't trust the poor, the ignorant, and the uneducated judgment. We can only trust the judgment of the intellectually elite. And that's why I'm concerned we have these people that are elected to Congress who are lifetime appointments for the, for the vast majority of them. Um, they have no allegiance to the American people, the common man. And clearly they should understand that the common man is and woman is what spoke out in the election that they wanted change. And why Mr. Trump's base has not varied at all even in the face of all the things and the adversity that he's faced as an individual and a leader of a nation, um, uh, he, he has continued to fight for what he believes, but he's fighting against a massive tide that's trying to bury him and, and what he's trying to do by telling people that you're not smart enough, we're the ones that are supposed to make the decisions for the country. We've got uh, some great guests with us today. We've got Dan Perkins, Pamela Geller, and IQ Al Rizzoli. And uh, we've we've got about, uh, uh, I would say, nine minutes left to go here with Pamela before I know she's got another commitment she's got to get to. Um, IQ, uh, listening to all this today, what what, what are your thoughts and feelings on everything? I agree with Pamela. It's got to be the people. Uh, We've always said it. I've always said it on your show on every talk show. The same people who elected Trump are the only men and women. But I also said that Donald Trump by himself cannot drain the swamp. The electorate have to drain the swamp also by electing replacement bloodline to remove anybody who who is against Trump's agenda. And they can. In 2018, they can. Maybe in 2020, they can. There's no question that they can. Every single American voice, every single vote is powerful. As Pamela said, we are the power, but we have to work together. We have to unite in our mission of electing the correct people. Uh, Dan is right, of course, about the Fifth Amendment, but it is almost impossible to do. But in elections, it is so easy to do if people get up their backside and vote, back to you. Well, Dan, uh, but before before we let Pamela go here, uh, do you have do you have any more questions for? Her? I do. I I, I uh, one very to me very important question. I would love to hear her response, Pam. As 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 an uh, an, uh, an individual who is well-schooled in what's going on in our country. What is the biggest challenge that we face as a nation today? What do you think? The biggest challenge we face as a nation is the chokehold the leftist Islamic alliance has on the media, academia, movies, music, the culture, the public school. Because all the bullets and the bombs and the bloodshed comes as a result of what happens in the war and the information battle space. If our populace is armed with knowledge, if our children are taught about Americanism and capitalism and individual rights, which is the founding premise, the founding principle of this country, individual rights and, and, and freedom, 
then we would have nothing to fear. We'd be inculcated against this, um, this scourge. And until we can get a handle on that, and it's a leapfrog over the media, and it's a leapfrog over the music and movies, and, and we've got to take back our schools. And the only way to do that is with an army of Davids against this Goliath. Parents must get involved at the local level, in the school boards. Um, I mean, everyone needs to get involved. We are under siege, and it's a quiet, it's a silent coup. And they've been marching into our our uh, institutions for decades. I mean, it wasn't an accident that uh, a week after 9-11, President Bush uh, goes to a mosque with terrorized groups <clears throat> like CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, unindicted co-conspirators in our largest terrorist funding trial in our nation's history, and ISNA, and all these Muslim Brotherhood groups, and declares that Islam is a religion of peace. I mean, that didn't just happen. They were working furiously previous to 9-11, infiltrating our institutions. And so this is not something that we are going to solve overnight. But it's certainly doable because this is, you know, the greatest country in the history of mankind. It's the first moral government based on individual rights. It's a, it's a beautiful and magnificent idea worth fighting for, worth dying for. And we have to get activated and we have to educate those around us. And I cannot m impress you upon that enough because it's the answer. Education is the answer. How do we take how do we take back the education system that has been so permeated with the liberal left uh, at all levels of education for a long time? We need parents to to join uh, the school boards. We need to get on the school boards. We need people in local precincts to get into the precincts. We need to. Uh, there are great groups. I know I work with them. Parents all over the country that are that are pressuring their uh, education departments to get rid of Prentice world books and, and you know, where they're teaching a, a chapter on, on Muhammad, not just Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad. Now, he's not my prophet. I'm not a Muslim. And they don't have a chapter on Jesus and they don't call Jesus our Lord and Savior. I mean, he's a prophet to Muslims. He's not a prophet to non-Muslims. Or they're teaching the children the Shahada. They're not teaching the children the Lord's Prayer. They're not teaching our children the Shema Yisrael. This has, to, this has to be purged. This can only happen through parents. Parents care about their children. And in order for them to get active, they need support from people like us. Because as soon as a parent speaks up, that parent is called a racist, Islamophobic, anti-Muslim bigot. True. Yeah. Well, and how many people want to be called that? In yes. Front of their, in front of their peers. <laughs> Nobody does, and that's why they nobody wants to sign up for that ticket. <laughs> no, there's nothing. They, they'd rather you call them a murderer than call them a racist. I mean, that's where we are in the culture, and they know that. That's why I, I, in my book I explain how the left monsterizes people. They made a monster out of me because they cannot debate me in the war of ideas. I will win. I will win. My ideas are better. My ideas of individual rights and freedom of speech and freedom of conscience and equality for all are better. So their ideas do not stand up to scrutiny. Their ideas do not stand up to challenge. So, of course, they have to monsterize me. If you make me into a monster, nobody wants to hear what a monster has to say. Absolutely amazing. Now, uh, Pamela, before we let you go, how do people connect with you online, pick up your book, all that? Please uh, get the book. 
It's an act of defiance. It's a protest against the Sharia. It's a great place to start. You'll get educated in one in one fell swoop, and you share it with your peers. Give it fatwa for Hanukkah, fatwa for Christmas. Subscribe to my website, Geller Report. IQ is now writing for it as well. GellerReport.com. It's free. It's the news the media will not cover. It's the news that is censored, scrubbed, and whitewashed. And send it around. You can sign up. You get a daily email with all the news stories. Send it around. Educate those around you. You are going to wake up in a gulag, and you're going to say, how did I get here? (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Great point. Before before we let you go, Pamela, um, the, uh, the the book is amazing. I appreciate you making time for us today, and uh, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful uh, holiday season. And we'll talk to you uh, around the first of the year. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. Thank you much. That was Pamela Geller. She joins us today here on our big broadcast. And uh, Dan Perkins and IQ Rizzoli are with us here. Now, uh, Dan, uh, give, yes, give, me, give me your reaction there to our interview there with uh, with, with Pamela Geller. Well, uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, I don't know how many times she's been on your show, uh, but I remember her being on the show shortly after the shooting in Texas. So we, I was with her once before that I know of, maybe more, but but I know that we were. She was your guest uh, shortly after the shooting in Texas. Um, she she makes a lot of sense, but I 